Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in May and June, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Hoyo de Monterey Double Coronas, Partagas Aliados, H. Upman Half Coronas, and Monte Cristo Open Eagle. And for New Worlds, we've got Davidoff, Winston Churchill, and Bellicoso, Diamond Crown, Julius Caesar, TAA Shark, 2023, Liga Pravada, T52 in Corona Viva, and Davidoff, Late Hour in Robusto, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. Our podcast is supported by the Fabrica Five Cigar Company. Straight from the Honduran factory to your hands, the company was built by Rob Isla of Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame and Cuban master blender Hamlet Peretti's. The entire cigar line is blended by Rob and Hamlet and is refined with feedback from a hand-selected tasting panel, the Friends of El Habano Forum, and smokers like you. You can even jump on the FOH Forum right now and post reviews and comments. And you might even hear from Rob or Hamlet when you do. Rob has opened the discount floodgates and now exclusive to Lizard listeners, Fabrica 5 is offering 10% off the entire store. That's all five packs, all 25 count bundles, all 50 count bundles using promo code LIZARDPOD at Fabrica005.com. That's code LIZARDPOD, one word. Plus, worldwide free shipping from Miami on all orders over $125 US. Again, use code LIZARDPOD for 10% off the entire Fabrica 5 store right now. That's Fabrica005.com. Fabrica005.com. You must be 21 years of age or older to order. Fabrica 5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards Podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo. Tonight, I'm joined by Rooster, Senator Pagoda, and Bam Bam. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some rum, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 116th official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a New World cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We discuss and review Fuente's newest line. We take issue with a big box retailer promoting plume on cigars, and we debate the merits of Gurkha's lawsuit against Davidoff over a fire-breathing reptile, all among a variety of other things for the next 90 minutes. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we pair Brugal Extra Viejo Rum with the Arturo Fuente Vintage 1960 Series Rare Pink in Signature. A perfecto tonight from Arturo Fuente on the pod. It's called the Rare Pink Vintage 1960s Series in Signature. It's a beautiful 46 ring gauge cigar by six inches long. And boys, this is a revisit of an identical cigar in the Hemingway line that we did. Correct. The Signature, just That's with right. a little bit different of a makeup. Yep. And uh, I've seen some reviews of this online. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people smoking it. It's certainly a hype cigar. So I have high hopes yeah. tonight. Some people like it, some don't. Hmm. Um, it's interesting. It's definitely a little bit of a unique makeup for uh, Arturo Fuente cigars, but we'll talk about that in a bit. And, you know, too, it's also the newest line yeah. from Arturo Fuente. It came out only, you know, three or four years ago during COVID. So It's a beautiful cigar. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. Let's cut this thing, boys. See, we're getting on the cold draw on the wrapper. Again, it's a Perfecto, so both ends of the cigar are closed. The foot of the cigar comes to a near point, hmm. kind of like a plateaued point, which you don't want to cut. Right. I Very... actually saw a guy cut a 
Figueroa the other day, both ends. The other way. <laughs> with a V cut. Both ends. Both ends with a V. Oh, that's brilliant. The cold draw on this is actually quite delicious. Mm. Very fruity, isn't it? It's very unique. Yeah. It's different. Fruit forward. Mm-hmm. Getting a little earth, though, like a little grassy note, too. I'm not getting... For me, it's all fruit. And the draw is wide open, which is really, really nice. It's nice. Seems like you got to cut a little bit more. Yeah, I had the opposite experience, actually. The draw was very tight, so I had to go for a second cut. And now Hmm. it's still a bit resistant, but should hopefully be good. Mine's wide open. Yeah, mine too. Pagoda? It's, uh, yeah, that's all right. Some resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you might have to cut it a little bit more. What are you guys getting on the cold draw? I got a lot of fruit, like Dan was talking about. It's definitely there. It's nice. I'm getting that grassy thing for sure. Just keep the horse foot away. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys, let's light this thing. The Arturo Fuente Rare Pink Vintage 1960s series in signature. Again, it's a 46 ring gauge Perfecto by six inches long. Really, really nice in the hand, as we were talking about before we came on air. So we'll see how this thing does tonight. And as we talk about every time we do a Figurato or a Perfecto, it's very important to not overcook the foot of the cigar when you're lighting it and to let the intention of the mm-hmm. manufacturer play out and let it open up by itself, you know, over, let's say, this will probably take about 90 seconds or you know, yeah. three minutes to get there. I personally like to just light the extreme tip of yep. a Figurato and nothing more than that. And just let it open up on its own. It takes time, but it, it it does go. Great smoke output for me on the light. Pretty good flavor. And I like the flavor. It yeah. is nice. It's a definitely a little bit more medium full than the Hemingway series, which okay. I would say is kind of a light to me, yeah. like firmly medium, I guess. It's a, For affair. me, it's a sweet forward cigar, right? Yeah. A lot I of used, fruit notes. I used to smoke a lot of the Hemingways starting mm-hmm. out. Right. Hemingways and... Uh, Short story in particular. Those are more, for me, earthy and coffee and leather than this. Yeah. This, to me, is more fruit. And then you kind of graduate to a Don Carlos line, Mm. which is a little bit bolder, spicier. Oh, yeah. And fuller. Eventually, you get to that shark. Yeah. That wasn't, that was like much later. Yeah. This is really interesting. It's nice. I like it. I like it, too. It's a little bit different of a flavor profile than I expect from mm-hmm. Arturo Fuente, especially in the Hemingway series. What made you choose this size? So I found this at a cigar event, and they had multiple rare pinks. And I went to this because it looked like the perfect size. I didn't want a long commitment. And honestly, I've had two or three of these, and I like it. You know, But like many new worlds, to me, it's a one-dimensional cigar, but enjoyable. That's how I see it. Super expensive or twelve dollars a stick. Oh wow. Yeah. That's that's kind of in line with the regular Hemingway series. It's true. I thought these would be right? more expensive, but they're not. I think they're right around the same price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean part of the proceeds I think they go to cancer awareness. Correct. Yeah, thirteen yeah. bucks a box. It's awesome. Goes to breast cancer awareness. Yeah, thirteen dollars a box. So it's nice if you if you do like the cigar to go out and buy a box of twenty five for whatever that multiple is that you know bam just laid out if it's 300 bucks for this Mm -hmm. knowing that you know 13 bucks 14 bucks or whatever goes to breast cancer awareness is pretty cool i don't think there's another cigar that has any charity attached to it not i don't think it's as explicit it's certainly in a regular run of cigars right but it's nice to see you know Mm -hmm. the fuente family uh 
the family does a lot of charity. This particular cigar, uh, Carlito Fuentes' daughter, she was pretty involved in this cigar and the whole charity thing, giving money to cancer awareness. And hence, you know, it's called the rare pink. The boxes are pink. And yeah. There's even a little bit of pink on the on the band. Honestly, I love the band. And yeah, the I bands like, are great. The, it's mostly gold, but yeah, gold with pink. It's, pink. Yeah. it's reminiscent of the schwa with the yellow there in the middle. It I, does look like a, like an El Rey del Mundo from yeah, Cuba. Just yeah. that center point, and the box presentations are actually beautiful. Yeah, the, the boxes are really nice. It comes yeah. in a really beautiful varnished lacquer, mm-hmm. pink, bright pink, like as Barbie pink as you can get <laughs> on the box. Um, really, really nice presentation. Like you walk in a cigar shop, that box stands out from the rest. Like it draws your eye immediately. Yeah. So to to Rooster's point, actually, Lania shaved her head in during COVID in support of breast cancer awareness, and obviously it was aligned mm. with the launch of this. And Carlito shaved off his his famous mustache. Really, they around the same time of the the launch of these cigars in wow. in November 2020 during COVID, which is pretty wild. That I remember these coming out as if it was yesterday, and you know it's going on almost uh, three and a half years. Yeah, do they have like? Um uh, a family member that they lost to breast cancer. I'm just curious. What I think there was a tie. grandmother that was lost to breast cancer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this cigar boys comes in six different sizes. It was originally launched in four. The short story that we're very familiar with, which is a 42 ring gauge cigar by four inches. The work of art, which is another popular Hemingway line cigar, which is 46 ring gauge by 4.875 inches long. And the signature that we're smoking tonight, 46 by 6, as we mentioned, those three were identical to the Hemingway sizes of the same name. And then there was a fourth at launch called the Happy Ending, which was a 53 ring gauge cigar by 5.5 inches long. And that was only in the rare pink. And then there's two more uh, sizes in the line that were launched the following year in October 21. The Queen of Hearts, which is a 60 ring gauge cigar, huge by 4.125 inches long. And finally, the oddest name of them all, boys, is the Sophisticated Hooker, which is a 53 ring gauge cigar by 7.25 inches. And honestly, it is odd to me to name a cigar that is in the interest of breast cancer awareness, the Sophisticated Hooker. You know, it's- Oh, it's true. I, I it's, it's not in line with the- It smacks the face of feminism, right? Yeah, the whole mission. It's odd yeah. to me. Um, so this is the only one I've had from the line. This is the first one that we're having tonight. I don't know if anybody... Have you had, had any other sizes, Bam, or just this one? Just this one. I've yeah. had this uh, twice before. Yeah. So like I said, this is in the same... Uh, it's the exact same size as the signature in the Hemingway series, which we did on episode 39. So if you're interested in hearing the comparison, go back to episode 39. You can hear us talk about that. So what's cool about these cigars, boys, is that... So the binder is identical to the... Hemingway series, Dominican Republic. The filler is also Dominican, but incorporates Nicaraguan tobacco in the filler. And the wrapper is really interesting. It's Ecuadorian, and it's made by the Oliva family. So it's actually procured by Fuente from the Oliva factory. Uh, John Oliva Jr. uh, gave uh, Carlito Fuente a special seed for the wrapper of the cigar. Comes from the Oliva farm known as La Mecca where Oliva first grew the wrappers for the Ashton VSG, the Virgin Sun Grown, which is another cigar that Carlito blended that we did a few of those on the podcast. Um, there must you know, have some been attributes ago. that they wanted to incorporate into the cigar from that. Yeah, there must have been, you know, and what's interesting, I think that was the first time in a long time 
that Carlito brought them in. You know, like I said, the VSG was blended, what, in the late 90s, I think we said, on that first episode and when we did the illusion. It's a long time. And to bring that back for the cigar, certainly he was looking for something different and special. Now that wrapper's deeper in color than this guy. Yeah. And a bit toothier. I mean, I think that's a good move just because I associate most regular production Fuentes with being pretty mild. I agree. So just to give this a little more oomph i mean this Correct. has some richer flavors than i would say most fuentes do mm-hmm. which works for my palate i think most of us if not all of us right what i like is that there's a little bit of a fruit undertone to that richness which i love in this cigar i think it kicks it up a bit it does but the delivery is still very very smooth which is nice yeah you know like it's 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 more medium full right but it's giving you some of that great flavor of Nicaraguan tobacco. It's mm-hmm. smoothest of, of Dominican. It's really delicious so far. I will say, though, the other two that I've had, I smoked one really fast the first night I had it. It'll back right up into you with ammonia if you don't go a little slower on this thing. So like I said, the cigar was announced during COVID in, I believe, mid-2020. It was late to market. Obviously, the COVID supply chain issues pushed it back. Eventually came out in November of that year. And like I said, they added those two additional cigars a little under a year later in October 21. The first run of these was boxes, 500 boxes of each Vitola, which obviously now has expanded. I think this is going to be a continued regular line for Arturo Fuente. They, they've had a lot of success. So uh, we'll see if they add any more Vitolas. Every, every single one of the cigars in this line is either a Perfecto or a Figurado. Mm-hmm. That's distinct to the line very similar to Hemingway I believe there are a little bit of a, a, a might be a few in the Hemingway line that are not Perfecto or Figurado but everyone in this line yeah is one of those two types With of uh, varying lengths and ring gauges exactly so Rooster what do we know about the uh, about the Fuentes so Arturo Fuente in 1912 founded uh, the Fuente factory in Florida and he was a 24 year old Cuban immigrant and by 1924, Fuente already had 500 employees rolling cigars. That's amazing. Which That's is incredible. Pretty, pretty cool. Uh, but then there was a fire that destroyed the entire factory, and the factory was shut down for 22 years. And then came his son, Carlos Fuente, who mortgaged his house and reinvested in a factory in the Dominican Republic. And... Uh, and currently, they produce about 30 million cigars. <laughs> just, <laughs> that is so just wow. absurd. So went from Arturo Fuente to uh, Carlos Fuente and now Carlito Fuente. Wow. And uh, Carlito's sister is also pretty involved, Cynthia Fuentes, Suarez. With that kind of revenue, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family affair. It's a family oh, affair, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, we, we've all had, we have all smoked Fuente cigars here and there. Absolutely. I think we used to, I, I, at least me, I mean, I used to smoke a lot more mm-hmm. starting out. Short Story was one of my go-to cigars in the beginning. Yep. Some of the Hemingway series and then to Don Carlos and what others. What year was that? Uh, 1942. <laughs> <laughs> 1996. About that. Yeah. Yeah, the Hemingway series has been around quite some time. So yeah. this is, you know, I'm sure when they were looking to try to do a refresh of that, that entire line, incorporating the breast cancer awareness and the charity thing, was this was a good opportunity for them to bring awareness to that line that's been around for 30-some-odd years. I will say I still love that, sorry, that short story from time to time. 
I love that cigar. Yeah, it's a great one. On occasion, yeah. I mean, to Fuente's credit, this is probably one of the only brands that every single cigar smoker would say at some point they've had a Fuente cigar. Exactly right. And likely had a positive experience. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would would say like Davidoff, Padron, and then Fuentes. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, what what other name comes to mind? I mean, as a mass production cigar house. and, And monikers of quality. Right. And reputation. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah but you, I but I think like of a lot of the people I've met, they haven't really tried Padrones. I'm shocked. And many haven't tried Davidoff. That's and true too. Yeah, I mean, so you I think can't f- even find Davidoff at most retailers. This is true. It's only some. Because of yeah, the point of entry for the retailer. Yeah. What do they have to spend? Almost a hundred thousand dollars to host something like Davidoff that. and they have crazy radius clauses and stuff. Yeah. You know, for retailers. It's that, tough. It's it's tough to get in the Davidoff business. Yeah. Well, Davidoff makes you kind of carry the entire line. Yeah. Ash uh is it Ashton? No, no. no. It's, it's uh, Camacho Avo. and Avo. Avo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. And now Fieratego. Fieratego. Yep. But I'd, I'd venture, I guess, all of us in this room had all three of those cigars earlier in our smoking time. Definitely. Over the first or, or few years, right. I would think. But I'm yeah. saying that's the difference with Fuente, right? Like, to go back to the story when I first met Giz, right? He hadn't had a Padron, but I know he, of course, had a Fuente. Like, mm-hmm. that's the one thing, even did, early. Did he, though? I'm sure. <laughs> did you have a Did you Fuente? have a Fuente at that point when Absolutely. I met you? Yeah. I would oh, yeah. love to know. I just think that's the only brand What has. cigars he had? I wish I could remember. I would All love, I know is I That asked would him be to like insider information I know. to hold over his head. I, I wish <laughs> I would have taken a photo. I can I can oh, name my. I can name a couple. Oh. You know, you guys are not nice. I was a young buck trying to get into the You were. Trying you to were. get into the game. Yes, sir. It wasn't Look too you. long ago. You know what? Look at you no, now. It wasn't. Look hey, at you now. It was not long ago. What, what are we talking? 2019? Yeah. Now? Yeah. 19? Global Cigar Insider. Listen, I always tell people it's just eight. eight and uh, ladies and gentlemen, Lucy Caps. Ladies, I am not exaggerating. That's, That's a true. fact. <laughs> Leaps and bounds. <laughs> it's so dramatic. We all know we're, secretly. We're proud of you, man. <laughs> I'm, well, there's pride in this room, man, for you. Thanks, man. Come on, dude. It was ALR all the way. We know it. <laughs> there was no Rocky Patel in there, I promise you that. So what did you smoke before? I, I smoked some Avos. I smoked a lot of Hemingway series, namely the work of art and the uh, the, the uh, short story. I smoked a lot of the Drew Estate Underground sh- series. I kind of like that. Line. The Red Label one. I think they've discontinued them now. Oh, I never had that. Uh, Underground Sungrown. Hmm. Was the red label? They, I think they dis- discontinued them. But when uh, when did you have your first cigar? Like how old were you? Uh, it was 2014, so I was uh, 27, 26. So I've been smoking about 10 years now. And I actually fell in love with cigars. This is crazy. I was I was on a boat in my former life, working on a cruise. Uh, we were on it for a week. The love boat? It was not the love boat. <laughs> and uh, I was working. It was not like a fun time, you know. And I realized that the only place I could hide out and the people I was working for couldn't find me was in this cigar lounge. So I went there with one of the other crew members and I totally fell in love with cigars and I smoked like a fiend for a week and came home and it was all bets were off. But, you know, to your point about the journey, even in the last four years, it's a combination of meeting guys like you, obviously this has turned into something totally beyond our wild imaginations and very special. And two, I think there's an element of, of a deeper curiosity that, that we've all kind of gone down with this journey of wanting to learn more and understand more and certainly experience more mm-hmm. in our smoking and getting into Cuban cigars, just another avenue 
yeah. understanding the dynamics and, and we've immersed ourselves in it. So it's it's not a matter of like we joke with Rooster Connoisseur Corner, he's been smoking longer than all of us for right. sure. Yep. It's not a matter that we're experts. It's just a, a, a deep dive, a curious deep dive yeah. into this thing of ours. You it know? takes effort and research to find those optional smokes and try them. It does. You really you really have to spend the time. And it you know what? It's very easy for a novice smoker to get stuck in certain lanes of cigars and not venture out until they meet someone who helps them exactly right discover like this eye opening right. experience. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that's the uh, that's certainly the journey we've all been down. I have to make a correction. The daughter's name is Liana Fuentes. I might have called her Lania. Lania. Okay. So boys, we're into the well into the first third here on the Arturo Fuente rare pink and signature. What do you guys think? I'm enjoying it. I think the retro hail is delicious. Mm -hmm. And I'm still getting a lot of richness with the undertone of fruit notes. I'm finding the uh, I'm finding the combustion to be very inconsistent for me. Like when I first lit, I found the combustion to be very, very robust. I was getting a lot of smoke output. And I just don't feel that the cigar is keeping up. I don't know if I'm smoking it too slowly or if it's just a blending thing. I found, I found it to be the same. I, I had to relight it a couple of times. Yeah. The smoke is thinner. But I think like if, cigars. if there's a little bit of heat, I think it blows well. Mm. What's yeah. strange is I'm having the opposite experience where when I lit it, the combustion was pretty minimal. And as I've now gotten well into the first third, all of a sudden it's actually pretty significant, the combustion, which is nice. Yeah. So boys, let's talk about our pairing tonight. I'm very, very excited to get into this. And uh, Senator, what's the name of this? I don't want to butcher it because it's... So this is the Brugal Extra Viejo. So extra aged Brugal rum. That's and right. it's from Dominican? That's right. From the Dominican Republic. So this is the first rum that we've done from the Dominican Republic on the pod, right? Correct. It is. And the funny thing is I was in our lounge a few weeks ago and... Uh, one of the members, um, uh, Lizard Johnny, uh, had introduced me to it. And the funny thing is, the first thing I said when I tried it, I said, this is so smooth like a Cuban rum. And I just kept the, the association I have in my head is around Cuban rum. And the funny thing is, when we were doing the pairing tonight, just looking into some of the history, which they've actually got a very, very cool history, there's a tie to Cuba, which now kind of makes this all make sense for me. So Brugal was founded in 1888 by a guy named uh, Andres Brugal, a Spaniard who migrated to Cuba before making his way to Puerto Plata in the Dominican Republic. Wow. Amazing thing is that um, he learned how to make rum in Cuba and then brought that to the Dominican Republic where he actually started Brugal. So his style is very Cuban-esque where it's smooth, it's soft, it's not an aggressive rum. Not at all. While still being rich in flavor, which is nice. So um, I think very much kind of up our power alley, given how much we love Cuban rum. I'm sorry to interrupt you. This is phenomenal. It is. And dare I say, it's somewhat reminiscent of the Santiago that we had. It I is. Was, I, I have to say. I was just going to say that. Right? <laughs> There's a slight reminiscence of that, a little bit. I agree. Right. The Santiago 20 has a little bit of... Well, they leave sweet, the sweet note, and but even the eleven, the Santiago eleven that we had. So Brugal's got a pretty long history. For hundred and thirty years and five generations, it's been family a family operated company. Um, by nineteen twenty, the company had opened its first warehouses full of oak barrels for aging their own rum. Uh, today, the company has three distilleries in the Dominican Republic, which I was surprised by. I feel like most of these brands they have one they have on one, the island. Yeah. 
Um, so you can imagine the volume that these guys do. There's one in Puerto Plata and two in San Pedro de uh, Macorís. In 1888, when they were founded, they first started producing just traditional dark rum with limited age. So probably just maybe, you know, two at most three years. And then Brugal Añejo, which is age five years, started being produced in 1952. Then the Brugal Extra Viejo that we're drinking right now, which is aged eight years, was released in 1976. And they have two of their kind of top expressions, which given this, I would love to try. One is called the Siglo de Oro, the Golden Age, which is age 12 years. And another is Brugal Unico, which is a 30-year rum. Wow. Wow. So I think we need to add some to the shopping list oh, yeah. for future episodes. Uh, the only thing that was surprising, so with all the family history they've had, and they kept in the family for a very long time, in 2008, it was actually bought by a Scottish distilling company, the Edrington Group, which acquired a majority share in Brugal. Uh, but the family is still involved and leads the operation of it, which is oh, good. Wow. That was a promise that they made that they would keep the family still um, heavily involved. And Edgerton Group actually owns McAllen, Highland Park, and Famous Grouse. Oh. So to be bought by anyone, these these are people who take you know premium spirits very seriously. Absolutely. So I'm sure the commitment to quality is there, which is good. Um, last things I'll say, Brugal accounts for 80% of the rum in the Dominican Republic. So it is like the gold standard of rum in the DR. Um, and then other popular runs, because I don't know much about about uh, Dominican rum, Barcelo and Bermudez are kind of the other two big ones. So they collectively sort of call them the three Bs, are like the rums of the Dominican. There are obviously tons of smaller brands, but those are the big three. What you'll notice on the bottle, I thought this was so bizarre when I saw this, this like fishnet that's basically <laughs> on here. Yeah. So funny story that uh, Rooster and Pagoda will appreciate. Apparently, this started after a founding member of the Brugal family visited India and noticed that a lot of premium luxury goods there were presented in net bags. And so they wanted to kind of wow. do it on their bottles as a sign of like, this is a high-end, high-quality product. Nice. I hear the uh, sophisticated hooker in this line also comes with fishnet around the, <laughs> around the box. <laughs> So this is this is really quite impressive. There's a um, step down to this Brugal that I've had. You have to have it with ice. It's drinkable with ice, but without it's impossible. No, but I like that one. I, I like it with Coke, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. rum and Coke. It's a mixing, Cuba Libre. Yeah, yeah, it's a mixing yeah. drink. Is yeah. that the one that's the Añejo that you were I talking so. about? That's yeah. the five-year. Right. Got it. We're all drinking this neat without ice. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredibly The smooth. nose is just pure maple. It's fantastic. You're yeah. right. It's Absolutely. pure maple. Yeah. It's pure maple yeah. syrup. Now, I don't think you can get this bottle here in the States. I was told that you cannot read so at a retailer. So what's funny is uh, Lizard Johnny, who had uh, actually gifted me the bottle, he was telling me that you can get it here, but it's not the same as when you get it there. Is that right? So he bought this duty-free when he mm -hmm. was leaving the Dominican and just brought it back for us to do on the podcast. But uh, I did look it up. I saw it at Total Wine on their website. They have it for like 35 really? bucks a bottle, really? but he says you will notice a difference in the taste. Mm. So it's not the same product? You want the bottle that comes off the island, I think. Because it's, it's maybe licensed to be bottled in the U.S.? That could be. Yeah. Do we know how much this is at Duty Free in the Dominican? I, I think probably around like 30 bucks. Wow. Oh my God. That's $30. Well, it's, it's in line with Havana Actually, Club. no, probably. When, when, when Pagoda and I were in Panama, I saw this at Duty Free in the airport, and I'm pretty sure it was like 28, 30 bucks. That's, That's a, incredible. Yeah, so incredible. in line with Havana Club 7? Yeah. 
about yeah. the same price. Right. I gotta say that the the finish is so robust and 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 lengthy. Like it, it just the the way it lingers. It don't. It's such a wonderful compliment to the cigar. Don't throw your shoe at me, but I think I may like this better than the Havana Club Seven. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I Honestly. will say to Gizmo's point there, I think the finish is longer, and I yeah. actually think this is even smoother than Havana Club. Yeah, 7. I, it's definitely smoother than Havana Club Seven. Agreed. Agreed. But there's some charm to the to the character of Havana Club Seven that uh, for me. Maybe it's the nostalgia. I, I, maybe I have a little bit of a bias, certainly, because we've had so many great memories relating to times that we've had yep. Havana Club 7 with us or Havana Club 12 or whatever it is. Um, but this is a really amazing spirit for 30 bucks. Oh, yeah. I can't believe it. It's, it's a, incredible. Very impressive. Very nice. Yeah. I was shocked the first time I had this. That's why I was so excited to do this on the podcast. And then for that when price? he mentioned that there's kind of a difference in the DR, I wasn't going to be able to go get it, obviously, there. So I was very glad when he came back, he brought me a bottle. Yeah. So that's very important for the listeners to note. Do not chase this bottle as no. it's found in American liquor stores. Right. This is one you're going to want to get at a duty-free or in Dominican when you And I learned that playing Espinage one of my many nights. So you heard about this over there? Yes. Are you Espinage, are you Espinage really, has its advantages. Are you really teeing up another accountability hour? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is an accountability hour you will lose. <laughs> I fight for variety in my life. Uh, your attorney's not present today. <laughs> no, That's <he's> true. <laughs> well, th there is a little bit of an accountability hour we need to... Yeah. Kind of dwell upon that. Oh boy! What, a, a trip to Dubai comes into mind, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it was something about Dubai. Oh, the Dubai's. Yeah, <laughs> Dubai. Oh, yeah. that's another Fuente. That is a Fuente. Yeah. So Bam, right. Bam 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 showed up with the. What uh, was that, Bam? So Bam Bam was actually, if you don't mind me talking about this a little bit, he was sitting next to me. Pipe down. And uh, <laughs> he was smoking a cigar that had like I don't know, like three bands on it. So obviously, I was curious. I'm like, Bam, what are you smoking? So Bam goes. Um, it's an opus. I'm like, what opus is that? He said, it's an opus Dubai. I'm like, opus Dubai? I'm like, I've never even heard of it. Mm. He said, I have a box. I'm like, you have a box? Yes. That's that's awesome. Acquired much, during my espionage escapades. How much Ooh. How much is that cigar? And he said, it's $100 a stick, and I paid $1,900 for that for box. For the box. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. Of 20 cigars. Yeah. I, I, this I, is espionage in the first degree. All right. Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> I, I had that cigar once a while back, and I love that cigar. It's and You're I'm never, well, never it's funny that. you never mentioned never it to mentioned any of us. It. I mentioned it to Rooster that night. <laughs> he, he, he asked, you, he asked you about it. You didn't yeah, mention so, it. He asked yeah, you about it. I recently okay, so I recently got that box, and I think I now Opus is that's that marca that Vitola has. You know, it's a little controversial in this room, but I think that would be a pod worthy cigar. We should do it for a special occasion. Well, yeah, it's a good uh, thing Rooster saw you smoke it because no, no, you may no. have never told us had he. <laughs> well, I had to try it again because I haven't had it in a couple of years. Although Bam did mention that we should do it on the pod. I that, did. That night. Thank you. Thank when, you. So, when, when it will happen? <laughs> so serious knows? question for you. As you said, the, you know, Opus X is hit or miss in the room. And yeah, certainly the, we've only done one Opus on the podcast and it did not perform well. Certainly perform way worse than this $12 cigar that we have in our hand this right now. This is much now. better. So for that $100 cigar, genuinely, I'm curious, what about it attracts you to the, the flavor? Is it just... Well, the 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 length and the ring gauge are substantial. Yeah, and it the, is a big cigar. I it's a big that. cigar, and it burns beautifully. It's very consistent, great combustion, and it's a kind of reminiscent to what I'm getting in this, where there's there's a lot of earth notes that are rich and the fruit notes that are very sweet for me. I get both of those in that in that opus. Eight times more. 
It's a lot more. Yeah. Now, the thing of it is, like, is it worth that money? I like those conversations, and it's worth trying that cigar on the group to get everyone's input. Yeah, but obviously you left that cigar to buy a box. Well, I just wanted to, I mean, it was there and uh, available. Just $1,900 to try it. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that's my budget for the year. You only live once. <laughs> for the for the week, you mean. <laughs> well, I look forward to trying it at some point in the future. It sounds, yeah. uh, sounds really interesting. You name the day. I will. Yeah. So, boys, we're about halfway through here on the Arturo Fuente Rare Pink in Signature. What are you guys thinking? I want to know what um, Senator and Pagoda think, really think about the cigar because I haven't had much, I haven't heard input over here. Yeah, I, I have strong thoughts. So I, I I like that this is a more robust flavor profile than most Fuentes I've had. So that's up my alley. I like the shape. I just the thing I'm having a hard time with is I'm getting a rich, deep flavor, but the notes are just not as defined or pronounced as I want them to be. Mm-hmm. Like all I'm all that's left on my palate is just like something deep and rich that's like kind of walnutty nutmeg, and baking spice a little bit. Some baking spice the nutmeg but is real for me. Kind of like the you know the fruit that was present early on has kind of gotten lost for me a bit in the mix. And even those those like nutty baking spice flavors, they're just they're not pronounced. They're not pronounced. They're, they're just not like, you know, certain cigars, you just, you take a draw and it's like each flavor feels like it's literally dancing on your taste buds. Mm-hmm. Like you can just pick out every moment of what you're getting. And with this, I'm just getting a whole lot of like rich flavor, but that's too close to the taste of tobacco that I'm not able to really pull those notes out that well. So right. that's my only complaint. I just, for some reason, the blend to me has not lended itself to like the complexity of this cigar really shining through. It's yeah. all just kind of muddled together, yep, yep. but at least it has enough flavor that it's satisfying me somewhat to keep going with it. But I just yeah. wish it was more defined. Yeah. You know, honestly, this is, this is the issue with a lot of new worlds. You know, I was thinking about this earlier today. What are we going to discuss? How's it going to go? I don't think new worlds, by the way. Well, like I, that, I think uh, like the I mean, oh, hold some on. Fuentes are like the Olive that Oliva Figurado that we smoked a while back. Yeah. That kind of started off great too, like this. And it eventually becomes a generalized note that you can't put your finger on. That happens, I think, more often than not in the new world category than in the Cuban category for sure. That's fair. You know? But there are some highlights in the new world that are incredible. Like of course the Davidos that we love and the Padrones and this warp that you were smoking earlier tonight. Yeah. Those are highlights in the and, new world. And category. Oliva V Lancero. Yeah. That's the whole. It's tremendous. So for me, I think in the beginning, uh, like in the first third, uh, I was, um, in addition to, and I don't know whether it's really dried fruit, but I get this flavor of tea, which I've kind of mentioned before. He's not wrong. Dude. It's 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 a it's a very interesting flavor, and because you know I've grown up uh, drinking tea, that I do really like that flavor profile. But it was only in in uh, the first third, and it was coming after. You know, more as an aftertaste, um, which I really kind kind oh, of finish. enjoyed. The finish, yeah, mean, the yeah. finish. The finish was yeah, and um, yeah, and since then it's somewhat dissipated. But yeah. So so when you say tea, you know, Indians when we drink tea, it has milk in it, mm-hmm. but there's also some spices that we add to it. Yeah, you could have cloves, green cardamom, black cardamom, cinnamon. So when we add that, that's kind of like the same mix of like baking spices. Exactly is, that, right. is that what you mean? You're kind of no, getting that? No, so you know how you... just like tea leaf flavor. So, so tea leaf, you know when you smell it? Yeah. 
you get that uh, really distinct uh, deep uh, deep y- flavor the yeah, flavor thing it's somewhat i don't know reminiscent black, black of that tea. i can't really pinpoint it but it just um and it, i think this is the second cigar i felt it i think i mentioned it in another cigar mm-hmm. i remember i yeah, don't remember yeah, which cigar yeah, but i remember yeah. this is probably the second or third time so you've mentioned it i've gotten tea notes in certain cigars before i mean i can count them on one hand but there's different types of tea what i think i'm getting if i'm getting the same thing you are I, the tea thing is starting to register for me but it's like a black tea it's like a very just black, yeah, deep black rich yeah. like dry kind of tea yeah where i've had certain cigars the one that really comes to mind the ep carrillo uh encore that i think won cigar of the year a few years ago uh that was like a white tea it was like a very light sweet kind of tea where this is just like a very dry dark black yeah the black the, the, the way we drink it is typically the black tea leaves we boil it with water and then we put a little bit of milk uh, yes, uh, but it's got a very distinct smell to it. Yeah. And if you've grown up with it, it's it's like one of those things where you can identify uh, at least some notes of uh, that particular flavor profile. Yeah. And this is tea without milk. I don't get yeah, any right. creaminess. I, no. I, yeah, yeah. I need, I no. need. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I think that would have made the cigar even better. But I think E.P. Carrillo gives a little bit more of the creaminess and um, you know the encore. Um, I agree. Yeah. Completely agree. There is still smoothness though to the cigar halfway. There through. is. Yeah, there is. It's quite smooth. I'm still finding the combustion to be inconsistent. I'm having to touch it more than I'd like. Um, I'm finding the flavor aligning with the amount of combustion. So when I get a draw after I've touched it up, the flavor is really, really there and complete and mm. and full. Interesting. And then when I'm when it's not combusting the same way or Whatever's happening in this cigar, the flavor is odd. I'm getting a weird aftertaste after I push the draw out of my mouth. Like there's inconsistency in the cigar, which is something I do not expect from Arturo Fuente. Are you drawing at a consistent pace? I am. I'm smoking it the yeah. same as I do every other cigar. I'm not smoking it fast. Okay. You know, I'm I'm trying to take my time with it. I'll keep my eye on you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but uh, the combustion's definitely inconsistent for me. So, boys, we mentioned Davidoff a few times earlier, certainly from a quality standpoint. And I know that this was another cigar. I think, Rooster, I think you have a box of these. And, bam, you have some, right? The Year of the Dragon, the Zodiac Series 4. I have have one left. Released in 2023. So, first off, how is that cigar? One box? One cigar. (laughs) Unlike you. I have to ask. (laughs) You never know. So, that's a Churchill. We've talked about that a few times on the pod. Yeah, I'm going to be blunt. I, I really, really like that cigar. A lot. I think it's very complex. The notes are pretty accurate. If you read the description, there's a lot of almond and nuttiness, and then it goes through a journey. There's some there's some uh, baking spice in there, deep coffee toward the beginning of the last third, and then it gets really rich toward the end. It's it's quite a it's, it's quite an experience. You know, on that cigar, uh, the foot of that cigar is naked. There's yeah, no wrapper on it. That's true. Why that really? is? Yeah, I, I did don't not know. know that. It's unique. Yeah, it's different. Well, there's a band they, at the bottom, right? You, I mean, at the, at the foot, at the you know, when you light it, you're lighting straight. You, there's yeah. no wrapper. When you take the really? band off, right. the that half inch is exposed tobacco. Really? Yeah. Right. Wow. It's just they want bizarre. you to taste the the binder and the filler as opposed to the wrapper. But it burns when, beautifully, though. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't frail or it's fall different, apart. But yeah. just for twenty minutes. Yeah, maybe. That's really interesting. It's yeah. such a strange. It is strange. 
So the reason why I bring up the Davidoff Year of the Dragon and Bam and Rooster's experiences with it is... I haven't had one. Oh. Davidoff, Davidoff has been sued by Gurkha over trademark infringement of use of the Red Dragon on their packaging, which is really, really interesting. So Davidoff... You know, keeps a kind of in line every year they put out a year of the release. We talked about this, I think, in October or November. This was the biggest. It's a Churchill. It's the most expensive one they released. I think it's 65 or $70. And Gurkha, who's held a pa- uh, trademark on Dragon as, as it relates to cigars, I think since 2009, really? filed a trademark lawsuit against Davidoff. Even though it's a completely different image it's completely, of a dragon. That's exactly it. It's completely different. And what's interesting about this is that I think Davidoff certainly knew it was coming. So Davidoff is is opposing the trademark application. Gurkha, I guess, reapplied in, in November of 2022, expecting that this was coming. Mm-hmm. 2023, obviously, because the Chinese calendar is set. I mean, I mean can Gurkha what? actually go out and produce better cigars than sewing Davidoff? No. They no. come out with the ear off, you no. know, rabbit ear off the ox, ear off that's the rooster. A, that's enough. Another ear off the dragon. I mean, that's. So I don't know what. It's patent, right. I don't know what patent information looks like when you file a patent. There has to be specific descriptions. It's based on the Chinese New Year. But the, for the imagery itself, there has to be specific language as to how the image of the dragon can look for a competitor's design of some kind. There yeah, has to be there has to be some sort of language there that confines the design of a dragon, and this doesn't look anything like the Gurkha box. So how could they have a problem? It, and it all it, depends on the patent language. I hope there's no lizard on a Gurkha box, otherwise we would get sued. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll sue them. Yeah. There you go. I like that. No, but I'm sorry. I mean, this whole thing is just so ridiculous to me. Davidoff did not invent like Chinese New Year right, yes. and and these different you know and animals that symbolize mm-hmm. these different years and things right. like that. So I'm sorry, there's tons of cigar brands that come out with year of for Chinese New Year. I think it's outrageous to suggest that no other brand can use a dragon when it is the year of the dragon by mm-hmm. the Chinese calendar. And and to file a lawsuit for that is just insane. I think to Bam's point, like if the artwork were literally the identical, unique dragon that Gurkha has made, well, sure. But there's no way. I mean, I'm looking at a photo of the boxes. They don't look that similar. And number two, I would love, I can only imagine whoever the attorney is representing Davidoff. I mean, all that guy's going to get up in court and say is, if you think that Davidoff wants any association with Gurkha, <laughs> I have news for you. That's like the last brand that we would ever want to be associated with. Especially if he's a cigar smoker. Right. So <laughs> it's like there's no way that they ever try to mimic anything Gurkha's doing because Gurkha's not doing anything right in the cigar business. Well, apparently Gurkha has a very expensive cigar. cigar. Yeah, they do. Well, one that's of the, that they say all the time. Yeah, one of, the most, expensive. Heard, one yeah. of the most expensive cigars. Right. Yeah. Which, which so no silly. one buys and they just make that claim. Like we could come out with a cigar and price it at $40 million and say, we have the most expensive cigar. You know, Nobody will buy it, but we have that cigar. The attorney, well, the bright side the is being aged could, really well. <laughs> yeah. The attorney could like, hey, hey, judge, I got to come up to the bench. You know, I smoked the Gurkha, and I smoked the cigar. <laughs> it's like light years in difference. It can't be the same. Yeah. And Judge Mehta would say, yeah, throw, no. I'm throwing this out. I love Judge Mehta, man. He's our guy. So, it, it, it's really, really interesting that that Gurkha is being this aggressive about their trademark. Like I said, they say they've owned it since 2009. But as you guys said, there's really no 
likeness yeah. infringement on on the box here. I mean, certainly the colors are red and gold or red and yellow, if you want to call it that, which is just classic Chinese colors. I mean, that's just the Chinese, you know, culture is is there's a lot of red and gold. And I'll read you a quote here that uh, that Gurkha provided. Uh, the director of marketing said, "We've owned the trademark Dragon since 2009, and we've always protected it. We've brought it to people's attention when they've infringed." And this is the exact same matter. Gurkha is seeking damages for lost profits, enhanced damages, and their costs of attorney's fees. Oh, because they, they're not selling enough of those Gurkhas, Correct. Huh? They have no profits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is how they profit. I think uh, one exactly. of my ex-bosses were called uh, Dragon Slayer. <laughs> I think Davidoff should come up with a new line called the Dragon Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> the Gurkha Killer. What's interesting, too, Maya Selva sold a Year of the Dragon release in the U.S. I guess that's a manufacturer, Maya Selva. And Gurkha did not file a lawsuit against them. So they're certainly... Because they have no money. And Davidoff has going deep pockets. After deeper exactly. pockets. They're selectively Absolutely. choosing... Uh, you know, And like you said, Zodiac Series was has been an immensely popular release, not only for Davidoff, but other companies, as you said, that have done it. Drew Estate, Habanos SA, every year does a year of the, mm -hmm. namely in Cohiba, because uh, you know that that performs really, really well in China. Placencia, Scandinavian Tobacco Group, who owns a ton of, ton of stuff, and Tabaclara SLU, among others. So it's really, really interesting to see litigation like this over branding as it relates to the Chinese New Year, which yeah. is so silly to me. My prediction is they're going to lose and Davidoff is going to countersue for all the legal fees for this and Gurk is going to end up actually having to pay Davidoff Great. just for this bullshit. Yep. I mean, this is so silly. Unbelievable. So hopefully they do. I would like Rooster's input on that cigar whenever he has it. Yeah, you got to try that, Rooster. Why are you letting them sit like that? You've had it for a while, right? You I'm waiting until Bam finishes his so I can sell them to him. For <laughs> 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 1900 bucks. <laughs> He's a buyer. <laughs> I am a buyer. <laughs> so, boys, this rum is really the star of the show tonight. Dude, it's off the charts. It's, it's, for me, wiping the floor with the cigar right now. I'm really impressed, and I can't believe that this was $30. If Senator charts. came in and said this was a $130 bottle of rum, you wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised and I'd be as enthusiastic as I am right now. Mm -hmm. Really, mm -hmm. really excellent. What do you guys think of the pairing? It's okay. I mean, this I think I agree with him. This cigar doesn't meet the standard of what we're drinking, though. It doesn't, but the one thing I will say about the flavor profile, and this is one of those kind of fortuitous moments because I've never had a rare pink, so I wouldn't know how this would pair. Um, but the rare pink, the notes that I'm getting, you know, I've described like that fruit is gone for me and it's a more dry finish mm -hmm. on this cigar and more nutty. And the Brugal for a rum, this, you know, Havana Club is much sweeter than this is. This is, I would say, a drier rum, recognizing that all rums are sweet, right? They're made from sugarcane. But I, I think the dryness in the cigar and the rum actually work well together, mm -hmm. fully recognizing that obviously the cigar is not performing in any kind of stellar way to live mm -hmm. up to this. So I, just from a flavor standpoint, like if this rum were very sweet, like many rums with this cigar that I consider to be much drier, I think the flavors would be competing or clashing a little bit where I actually think the flavors are kind of on the same playing field. Mm -hmm. And so neither is detracting from the other, which I'm very happy That's about. It's pretty spot on, man. Yeah. I got a question for you guys. So speaking of this cigar, which is 
mostly Dominican. I know we talked about some other components in it, but it's a Dominican cigar in its heart. Mm-hmm. Has Ecuadorian, has Nicaraguan tobacco. If you were to talk about pairing this rum with a Padron, and also on the other end of it, pairing it with a Cuban cigar, mm-hmm. how do you think it would perform? A, a you know, kind of across the range of tobacco flavors that be experienced? Because I, I have a very strong opinion on it. I'm curious if we're aligned. I can't see how this wouldn't pair beautifully with virtually any cigar. That's exactly where Honestly, I'm at. I agree. Right? And you you mentioned Padron. I think especially brands that have a drier flavor profile, like the Padron 64 line, I'll, I'll use the Exclusivo because every Vitola smokes a bit different and mm-hmm. has kind of different notes. But for the Exclusivo, like you're getting... Cocoa, not like milk chocolate, more like dark chocolate, mm-hmm. earth. They're drier, yeah, less leather, sweet notes. Leather, leather. Yeah. agree. That pairs really well with this, where, you know, other rums that are a lot sweeter, I think, while they can pair with almost any cigar, pair best with cigars that bring out some more milk chocolate or sweeter mm-hmm. notes in them. So I, I think I agree with Bam. This would drink well with anything. But I think especially cigars that have rich, deep flavors that skew a little bit on the drier side, I think that's like a perfect pairing. I think this this spirit's proving to be a very sophisticated drink tonight. I agree. It's for the cost, regardless of the cost, honestly, I, I think it's more sophisticated than the Havana Club. I got a question. What's the proof on this? Do we know? Yeah, great question. Because it doesn't drink, Mm-mm. we're drinking it neat. It doesn't feel hot at all. No, we're going to kill no, that tonight. Oh, interesting. 90. Great question. Great question. Because I'm full of great questions, Pam. Because <laughs> no, no, this will be the first spirit we've ever you done. You are. This will be the first spirit we've ever done that's actually under forty percent. Wow. There you the go. First spirit. It's thirty-seven and a half percent. And you know what? I like that. I do too. It drinks so easily. It I drinks know. easily. It doesn't feel hot. Like it doesn't have that kind of punch to it that it's like I'm going to have a rough morning tomorrow if I drink a bunch of this. Like. Thirty-seven percent. I I'm, I I like the underproofing of, I'm gonna, of the spirit. Next time we go to Cuba, I'm going to sneak this bottle into Cuba. Make sure Juan Moya is there. I'm going to open this bottle and I'm going to show him the bottle. You know what he's going to say? Hey, man, you and Havana. <laughs> <laughs> you what can you tell doing? him the guy who made it learned how to make rum in Cuba. Very true. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It seems like everything begins in Cuba. Uh-huh. It's true. Yeah. Even the cigar tonight, the Fuente story. Correct. Right. He was a Cuban national. Yeah. You know, I, I'm kind of surprised at Arturo Fuente, uh, how early he came from Cuba and yeah. why. Yeah. I mean, there were really no issues. I mean, there were issues, but it wasn't like, you know, after after Fidel took over. Yeah. So what, what year did he come over? Um, <clears throat> well, he founded the factory in 1912, so it had to be before that. Wow, yeah. You know, he was born, I think, in 1867. So, it's amazing, and to have five hundred employees, like you were saying, by the twenties, yeah, I mean, it's by incredible. Nineteen twenty-four, he had yeah, five hundred employees. Well, I, I guess, sorry though, the, I mean, the problem in Cuba at that time it was still under Spanish control, right? It was. That, so that, that would be the reason to leave for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, boys, I got a fun one for you. Speaking of spirits, so I, you know, I was doing our our typical pod shop and texting you guys, and and we were buying you know ten or twelve spirits at a time for the podcast as we do. And I decided, you know, I was at Bottle King, which is a great retailer that we love for spirits. And I decided to look at their humidor that they have. You know, a lot of Total Wine has a lot of cigars in their humidor. Total Wine has a full walk-in humidor. I will give them that. And they have Padron and some Padron, some nice brands. Yeah, at decent prices. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And Bottle King had a humidor too. And at the Bottle King I was at, 
there was a sign on the door oh, right. of the Bottle King <laughs> in their branding. So this is what concerns me. It's like, I want to put Bottle King on blast. I don't know if it was just the Wayne, New Jersey location, or if this is at every Bottle King on the door. You're going to get sued. It was a <laughs> cigar fun fact, it says. And it says, "Do you? did you know the white dusty powder is called plume, a.k.a. bloom? And many longtime cigar fans only hope that this occurs to their cigars. Plume eh. is evidence that you have a well-aged and properly cared for cigar. The white dust, the white dust is crystallized oils from the cigar itself. Enjoy. Complete propaganda. That is the biggest load of BS I have ever seen. And I'm shocked that a big box retailer is promoting such horseshit in their stores. I think what they're talking about is sometimes on older cigars, you'll get these mineral deposits, little spots. They're like deep green in color. That's not what they're talking about. That's not what they're talking about. You're giving them the benefit of the doubt. That's not what they're talking about. At least they're trying to say, I mean, that's what. We've talked about that, I think, in one of the episodes where we we said that it's crystallization and it's well well aged. Well, on the 80th episode, when we had aged four-year-old, nine-year. Not nine years aged, the crystallization on the wrapper was glistening. Yeah, it was like a disco ball. Yeah. yeah. So that's the crystallization that you want to pursue. We're not talking about a white powder. No. That is, <laughs> yeah. in, all, in, it's in all cases, in 100% of cases, if you have white powder or white growth on your cigars, it is mold. Yeah. 100% of the time. There is no situation in which plume exists and is not mold. It's Correct. mold. And it is destructive, and it means that your cigars are in an over-humidified situation. Right. Correct. Yeah. And the good thing is it's very fixable. If you have white... If it's, if it's, it's not white, on the foot. If you have white mold just on the it. cigar, it wipes right off, mm-hmm. and that just tells you that those are being stored at too high a temperature. Yep. Uh, yep. Sorry, too high a humidity, and that can easily be resolved. Now, if you have like black mold or some kind of green mold, then you have a problem. Oh, yeah. And if you have white mold on the foot, that's a cause for concern. The, if if your white mold has gone to the foot of the cigar, you've really kind of destroyed that cigar, and it's yeah. not worth smoking. It's not worth the health health risks. So I want to point to the science on this. So you know, obviously, FOH Friends of El Habano, we love that that forum. It's one of my favorites on the on on the entire internet. They did a full mold study in 2017, and the idea was to study a as many varieties of plume, quote-unquote, and mold as they could find. And they found four different varieties of it across a different, you know, many different cigars. Uh, and you can see the pictures here, guys. I'll just scroll through them for you so you understand what I'm showing you here. Oh, that looks ugly. It doesn't look good. But this is what, you know, Bottle King is promoting. Yeah, oh. This is what you can only hope to have on your cigars. <laughs> exactly. So the conclusion, and I guess the scientists did this on the, on the forum here, three guys, there were two cigars that showed potential for being something other than mold, a.k.a. plume. That proved to be false hope. All 10 cigars in this study tested proved to be one of four different mold types. The positive to be taken from the testing is now they have a system to test into the future. And since that time, in six years, nobody's been able to prove, and there was a reward to do it, that a crystalline substance on a cigar is not mold. So at any time that you have a white growth on your cigars, it is not 
cause for celebration. No. It is cause for a, an absolute correction in your tower. And if I ever saw white on my cigars, mm-hmm. I would absolutely start to panic. Yeah, I've never had that. But as Senator said, it, you can wipe it off most of the time. I recommend if it's in a single box, take the cigars out, wipe that box out, wipe every cigar, and you can put it right back. And, of course, adjust your humidity. And a lot of guys are experiencing this, you know, guys who are carrying their, you know, keeping their cigars in Tupperware mm. with, seal, you know, that's a sealed environment. We've talked ad nauseum about Bovida and other humidity packs, especially when you're buying 69% Bovida packs and you put them in an airtight situation, they are going to run into hot. the, yeah, they're hot. running hot. Yeah. So they're going to ro- run close to the 72, 73, 74. Mm-hmm. If you're in a climate where the temperature's high, if you keep them in a storage unit that's not temperature controlled, that's when you're risking not only mold or your entire po- collection you're risking. You're risking bugs, you're risking everything about them. Yeah. It's like I said, if they get, if it gets on the foot, it turns into a real problem. So the entire plume thing is a complete myth. And if you celebrate it or you know someone who celebrates it, it's time to calibrate your thinking here and yeah. get away from the celebration of white spots. Yep. On your cigars. Good advice. And that's that, boys. So I'm curious what Bottle King is going to say, because I want to hear from corporate on this one. Because, <laughs> you know, if they're selling cigars that are, they just have a lazy situation in which they're humidifying their cigars, like, it's not fair to the consumer to be, you know, promoting this kind of you BS. Know, for the record, everybody does this. So I remember years ago, I had ordered some cigars from uh, JR Cigar from their website. And when I got them, they had plume aka mold on them so i called and said there is mold on these cigars and they're like well can you send us a photo what are you talking about i send a photo you see it plain as day they're like oh well, that's plume that they gave literally the exact same story that you saw on there and i said i'm sorry it's that's mold. an indictment i want a new box that does not have any mold and they were like we'll happily replace it. Like, like we said, it's totally good. It's a good thing. It's a safe thing, but I understand you're not happy. So we'll replace them. But this is what so many people do, right? It's so much easier for any retailer to just bullshit the consumer and say, this is not a problem so Mm -hmm. that they don't have to do anything about it. And they don't even have to worry about how they're keeping and maintaining these cigars than to just tell them the truth. But for a cigar retailer to say that it's understandable for a wine purveyor. It's true. Who doesn't understand what a cigar really is. That's true. This is JR cigar. Very interesting. Yeah. And is this sign at all the bottle kings? Or is it? I don't know. I'm going to find I out. I don't think so because I mean, I spent a lot of time in the one in Glenrock. I've never seen that. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to email corporate and see what their, uh, see you what should. their comment is because I just don't think it's fair. If, if you're a novice smoker, buying a cigar with mold all over it because Bottle King told you that that's the way that it should be smoked. It's incorrect. And it's like, now you're smoking mold. Like, what are we doing? It's incorrect. That's, it's just, crazy and an over over humidified cigar period is going to not taste the same as a properly humidified cigar it's yeah. just the nature of introducing more moisture to the cigar than is necessary it's going to change the flavor i, I do like the idea of communicating with them because you're advocating for the cigar itself yeah right. you know also if you ask a cigar smoker who is just starting out and maybe not maybe who's been smoking cigars for a while if you ask anybody, like, what do you like the RH, the uh, humidity at for your cigars? I guarantee most everyone would say closer to 70%. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's what they all tell you. They yeah. say 70-70. Like 70-70 yeah. RH. It's, it's bullshit. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm sorry. Like, 
Don't ask a Cuban national what they want. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they want today. <laughs> 79. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it's true. I mean, every cigar that I smoke performs better at 65 for New World and Cuban closer to 62, 61, 60. Agreed. There is no situation in which I've had a better experience by, in my case, in, in my view, over-humidifying my cigars. Mm-hmm. So I encourage all of our listeners to advocate not only for their own collection, but the people around them, the people in their lounge. There is no reason to be keeping your cigars at that humidity, especially if you're in a climate where the temperature is extreme. You know, if you're in, in Florida, if you're in California and you, you, know, you don't have a controlled situation, you're going to run into problems if you're running your humidity that high. You know, when you get a box of cigars and you take a stick out and you start feeling it and it feels spongy, you know it's way over humidified. That's not how they're meant to yeah, be. There smoked. should be a little bit of give, but not like right. spongy. Right. Yeah, it shouldn't feel like a cracker in your right. hand, yeah. you know, like a saltine, right. but it should not feel like you said like a sponge, you know, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. So, boys, we're into the last third here of the Arturo Fuente Vintage 1960 series, rare pink and signature. What are you guys thinking? I mean, it's it's good. Uh, you know, there's nothing offensive about it. Um, the flavors are kind of kind of mixed together. I mean, it's not like very pronounced notes that you're getting. It's a bit muddled now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And I find yeah. it very dry. I do, too. I'm yeah, getting finish, no fruit. I'm getting no dry. sweetness. I'm just, it's very dry and like woody and. Gives you a reason to drink that delicious spirit. Yeah. It does. Thank God for the rum because <laughs> this cigar is, is very much, it, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's actually become a little harsh on the palate mm. in the last third as it's heated up toward the end here. It's definitely not as pleasurable as it was. I don't get any of that, but um, I agree with the rooster and I, the, it's muddled, but I'm still. I put it down. I was down to a half inch. Yeah. And I don't mind it. It's another one of those cigars that I'll smoke if I have no other options. Um, fairly enjoyable. I'm also going to say, I, I mean, I can't say I've had a tremendous amount of experience with the Fuente line, but having had this now in this signature Vitola and the... um. What was the other one we did in Signature? The Hemingway. The Hemingway series. I don't love the way Fuente makes that shape. I think like, so we did the Signature and I bought some because I was like, you know, this is such an easy everyday cigar. The Hemingway, you mean? The Hemingway line. I'm like, just for a friend who comes by who, you know, doesn't smoke very often, that person could enjoy that cigar. And I lit one after I had it just sit in my tower for a while. And kind of similar to this, like the combustion was just very inconsistent. I, you know, I love like with Padron or even I'll give Oliva credit. I mean, we didn't love the flavor that we were getting out of that Oliva V Figurado, but the combustion was great. Yeah. And it was consistent. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was wide open, very easy to smoke and and smooth. That was a smooth And smooth. And so I, I just, I mean, this is now two lines of Fuente in this kind of size that I just don't think I get as consistent in experience as other brands put out that make a Perfecto or a Figurado. So I, I, if I were to have this again, I would definitely try this in another Vitola. I just don't love how Fuente does a Figurado or a Perfecto. Maybe a larger ring gauge. You think so? Maybe. I also wonder how this, this line does in the short story size. 
Yeah. You know, I wonder if this would perform in line with with what we're having tonight or closer to they have the that Hemingway size, version. That shape, yeah, it's ident- yeah, yeah, identical. Yeah. yeah. So, boys, before we get to the rating, I want to share one more thing with you. Uh, we had one of our listeners reach out, Lizard Gabe, who messaged us and said, I live in Fort Worth, Texas, and today on the road, there was a Tesla in front of me <laughs> with a Lizard Pod sticker on it. You mean a Tesla? A Tesla. Tesla. I said a Tesla, so hey. we didn't have to go through the pronunciation. Listen, hey, I'm hey. beyond pronunciation. That was last year. Hey, kiss. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> so he sent me a picture of this, and it was absolutely our lizard, which we commissioned that that illustration. It, you know, that wasn't something we found but, on the internet. But we, we don't sell stickers. We don't sell stickers. So, so this someone was, made that. This was a rogue sticker, which made I love. By, made by Gorka. that's infringement (laughs) so gabe goes on to say it's underground merch you guys are probably not aware of yet he said you got to give the people what they want the people demand more merch and he closed with saying it was good to see a fellow listener so i love that listeners are driving around in texas seeing bumper stickers on the car that someone clearly printed it's an extraordinary confession Uh uh-oh I took a road trip to Fort Worth. <laughs> well, you have an office down there somewhere, so. That's true, Houston. No, I'm kidding. But can you imagine? I, I can't believe that someone actually it's a huge, took our logo, had it printed on a bumper sticker, and yeah. put it on their car. That's unbelievable. Huge compliment. Let me huge. tell you something. If I ever saw someone driving around with a lizard sticker that they printed out. I know what you're going to do. I would chase them yeah. down, and I would hand them a Vegas Robania Classico wow. on the spot. Wow. Or I'd mail it to him if I Maybe didn't Maybe a have D4. It. I have a lizard <laughs> sticker on my car. Yeah, right? <laughs> I think I'm going to get one now. <laughs> I just think that's so cool to the point where someone, you know, a listener enjoys the pod to the point where they print out a sticker, put it on their car. That's incredible. That's incredible. And and for Lizard Gabe to see that on another listener's car is just fantastic. I'm actually so. going to put out a challenge to our listeners. Any listener who sends us a photo of our logo on their bumper we're going to send them a special stick. That's a great I idea. I like it. Great idea. That's perfect. And I'll, Garka. I'll, I'll double down on that. I'll double down on that. When we're at PCA in March yes. in Las Vegas, if we see anyone wearing lizard merch or we see a bumper sticker, we will come prepared to deliver on Senator's Promise. That's right. Oh, boy. You better get those boxes ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. We will deliver. It is amazing to see lizards in the wild, and I can't wait. I can't wait to have this experience. You that's know, cool. Seeing a, another car with a bumper that's sticker. That's so on cool. It. So that's awesome. So if, if the lizard who uh, put that bumper sticker on their car, shoots, shoot us an email with a picture of it because we'd love to see it in greater detail and tell us what you did and uh, tell us what you're smoking. So, boys, it's time to move into the ratings tonight. First up is the Brugal Extra Viejo Rum from the Dominican Republic. You guys ready to do the uh, formal liquor rating on this thing? Yeah. Bam, bam, you're up. Well, I'm out. I would like to have had a sip before my rating. We but, can fix that. Okay. But as you're delivering that bottle over, I will tell you, for $30, for this this spirit to be reminiscent to a Santiago 20, which is over $150, this drink's incredibly smooth, very sophisticated. I happen to love that it's a drier, less sweet of a, of a, of a delivery. I'm giving this a 10. Awesome. There's just no wow. way I can rate this lower than a 10. Because this bottle, I can take down myself in a sit. I agree. And feel perfectly fine. All right, Pagoda. Yeah, this is tough. I think Bam's just raised the bar. 
Uh, I was definitely at a nine, but I think it does deserve a ten considering the price point. Very easy to drink. Um, you know the low, <laughs> the low proof count. It was uh, it's fantastic. I think I'll give it a ten as well. Yeah. And I'm not even a big rum guy, so this is no, very but, very enjoyable. But you've very had enjoyable. you've had rum in Cuba. Yeah, this. I have. Yeah, and I like Thank I you. like the Havana uh, uh, the Havana Club Seven. Yeah, I like the entire Havana. Yeah you know, club offering, as well as Santiago. I think it's all excellent. So, so yeah, for me, the Santiago is an elevated experience. Yeah, the Santiago 20, I think, does no does doubt. edge this for sure. But even the Santiago 11 is quite an experience. I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, for 30 bucks. It's crazy. You know, that's what I pay for a drink in the city. It's yeah. ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> Senator. I mean, I, I'm just blown away. I mean, again, you know, we've talked about with cigars how we'll socially be smoking a cigar in our lounge or elsewhere, and you have a great experience, and then you kind of smoke that cigar under the microscope here, and you maybe feel a little bit differently about it. I was worried with this rum because I had this socially with some of our members at our lounge, and I loved it, and I said to myself, and I, and I had plenty of it, and I said, you know, maybe it wasn't as good as I remember, but it, it's definitely worth doing on the podcast, and the fact that I'm sitting here under the microscope feeling just as strongly as I did that day, it is absolutely a 10. It's one of the best rums I have had, period. The price point, as everyone said, is just outrageous. I would pay double or triple for this and not at all feel like I'm getting ripped off in any way, shape, or form. Um, Bam said this, and I, I couldn't agree more. You know, there is a ton of merit to this being a drier rum. It is not easy to do that. I mean, rum is sugarcane. It, it is inherently sweet. How they've done that, I have no idea, but it really works well. And uh, it has utility in every setting. I mean, before dinner, after dinner, Midday. in the afternoon. Yeah. I mean, literally any time I could enjoy this rum, I'm just so thrilled we found this because we're going to have to get more. And you don't oh, need yeah. ice at all. No, you don't no need ice. ice at all. That's, That's extraordinary. That's the other crazy thing. That's extraordinary. No ice. And the fact that this bottle, we've got four guys here who drink and the bottle's empty. Yeah. 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 We, we've had seven guys here with a spirit and it's, we don't crush the bottle. Correct. Four guys. That's how good this stuff is. I can't wait to get another one of these. I totally agree. I mean, to your point about you know drinking this and and the impact, like I don't feel that it's hitting me hard. I don't feel that kind of hangover like is coming. Like it drinks so well, mm -hmm. and you know I'm not going to repeat everything he just that senator just said or you guys just said. The thing that for me, so I'm at a ten for sure, absolutely a ten. I've been since I first sipped it. The thing that really validates for that for me, even in comparison to some of the other great rums we've had, is the value, is knowing that you can get this bottle for $30 and compare it to Santiago 20, which we did on one of the Cuba recap episodes. We gave that a Like 10. you said, it's like a five times the price That's or six right. times the price. The fact that this is a $30 bottle and is drinking comparably to mm -hmm. that yeah. and is pairing so well with cigars. And when we light up a cigar after we finish recording tonight, I, you know, some of us are going to probably smoke a Cuban. Some might smoke a Padron, whatever it may be. Knowing that this is going to pair perfectly with any of those is really, really a, a, a high merit yeah. for this spirit. Now, I don't think we've come across a cigar or a spirit ever that gives us the value that we're getting here. I agree with you. I don't think we've experienced that yet. Well, cigars, yes. No. 
I mean, the Oliva V Lancero for sure. This it's, is in line with the Oliva V. Yeah. yeah. And we give that a 9.4. That's nine cigar. Seven. Nine, nine seven. seven. So nine that's, seven. that's an, incre- yeah. you're right. Correct. It's I think close. That's, it's close. I mean, the, the other thing, I'm sorry, let's not forget, you know, why I think many of us love this rum is the Cuban origin story with this rum, right? And, and the founder learning how to make rum in Cuba and then obviously bringing that over to the Dominican. I would not be surprised if Havana Club 7 had to score close to or at a 10. So the Havana Club 7 year we did on episode 74, which was the second, uh, that was the Eleguito episode. 9.8. Wow. Wow. Dude. I mean, I say that because that in Cuba is $20 a bottle, even duty-free in the airport. When Pagoda and I yeah. were in Panama, no. found it for 25 in the airport. That's an insane value. It is. But this is honestly, it Much, beats it. Bro, yeah. maybe we were very enthusiastic that night, but this trumps that spirit. I'm sorry. No, but I, look, we can say we're enthusiastic. For that to be a $20 bottle, this is a $30, $35 bottle. Yeah. Like the value of both is They're, tremendous right there. for it's what true. they deliver. It's very true. Yeah. But this does edge it out. Oh, yeah. And that's why it's also a little bit more expensive. This is true. So the other one, too, that we we mentioned, we did on episode 76, the Santiago de Cuba 20, aligns with this at a 10. So the former oh, liquor oh, rating oh. boys on the Brigal Extra Viejo tonight is a flat 10.0, which is in line with that Santiago de Cuba oh, yeah. 20 yeah. that we did on episode 76, which, again, it comes down to value. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really performed brilliantly. For $30, you can't beat it. The only difficult thing is... You can't have the domestic version of that, so getting your hands on that bottle is not easy. Let's also say this. This is what I've heard. We haven't Let's tried. Let's try it. We've got to try so, it. Okay. We're going to source a bottle from Bottle uh, Bottle King. I'm not sure if they have it, but I know Total Wine does. Okay. And let's compare it. We should do the that. The Bottle King bottles actually have a little bit of plume on them. <laughs> that's what you want. Well, you can wipe it off. Yeah, that's bo- Just wipe it right into your glass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, boys, are you ready to do the formal lizard rating on the Arturo Fuente Vintage 1960 Series Rare Pink in Signature, our pairing tonight? Rooster, you're up. Yeah, so, I mean, this cigar, it doesn't quite match the hype. You know, the flavors don't match the hype. There's so much hype about the Rare Pink. Mm -hmm. They create these special boxes. They're all decorated. They're pink. It's got a beautiful, you know, double band. It's an ornate band. But the flavor is lacking. It's not quite there. Um, it kind of makes me want more out of the cigar, which yeah. it didn't deliver. So for that reason, um, it's a six. Oh, wow. All right. Senator. So I'm at a seven. And the reason I'm at a seven, so I actually smoked this pretty far down like Bam. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, I did not get any rough edges throughout nope. this cigar. True. So I do think it's smooth. I... I think, you know, my just guess as to why there's some hype around this, I think if you're a Fuente smoker, if you like the Fuente profile, which skews on the milder side, I think you like this, and this has got more flavor than many Fuente cigars have. That's true. So that's probably kind of a shock to the system of, wow, much more flavor than I normally expect out of a Fuente, regular production line. But the problem is... In its attempt to deliver more flavor, it just doesn't do it in a defined way that you're really able to enjoy and appreciate each of the notes that I'm sure they intended for us to experience, but just gets lost in the mix the more you kind of smoke this cigar. You know, it doesn't get 
any better as you smoke it, right? The sign of a great cigar, you know, it actually gets better and you want more mm-hmm. even after you're done with the cigar. Typically, you'll get an improvement in richness, right, as you go through it. Exactly. And so with this, for me, you know, I give it a seven because would I smoke it again if someone handed it to me? Sure. I'm not going to be, there's nothing that was offensive about the cigar. It's just, am I going to actually actively seek this out and pursue it? No, because there are countless other cigars at this price point, even below it and certainly above it that deliver a much more defined and memorable flavor profile that I would pursue. So, you know, it's a noble cause. I love the whole breast cancer tie, but, um, I think it's a seven for me, just a soft recommend. It's also the finish is very dry. I don't yeah, like it the is. You mentioned that. Cigar. Yeah, you yeah. mentioned that. So for me, it's also, I'm, I'm with Rooster. This is a six for me. Wow. It started at a seven, maybe an eight, and very quickly fell off the cliff. Uh, I, I was very frustrated with the combustion throughout, as I mentioned a few times. Uh, I, I thought that very, very explicitly affected the flavor for me. I did not think that it was well-made. Uh, and, and unfortunately, I thought that it could have been way better. And and for my expectation of Fuente mm. is it should have been way better. Mm. And I don't think that this cigar stacks up to the mm. classic Hemingway line in the way that it should at even a $12 price point. You know, this is, this, this is only an hour, 15-minute cigar, 75-minute cigar. And it just did not perform well for me. So I didn't like the flavor. I didn't like the combustion. Um, and it really disappointed me. So I'm, I'm at a six. Also, to any listener who wants to try this, you have to cut quite a bit of the cigar at the end. I mean, normally you would cut like one-eighth of an inch. You have to go a little deeper. Yeah, so it depends. Otherwise, the draw is not well, going to be th- there. That's why I honestly would yeah. recommend a larger ring gauge in this cigar. Yeah, I, really I would, would try a larger ring gauge. But I think you start off with an eighth of an inch, as we've always professed, and then take a little bit more as you go through it right. as you need to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pagoda. Yeah, so I've been between a six and a seven. I think, uh, from uh, um, a positive uh, perspective, uh, I really enjoyed the tea notes in the in the beginning, which was, uh, you know, somewhat uh, reminiscent of a flavor profile, which I really really like. But having said that, uh, like Gaz, I had to light the cigar up quite a few times. I had to take a really deep cut uh, into the cigar, and then. After the first third, I think, uh, you know, it was pretty much flat for me uh, with, with those very reasonably consistent, you know, muddled flavors. Uh, although, on the other hand... Isn't that an I, oxymoron? Yeah, it is. <laughs> reasonably consistent muddled. <laughs> so it's flat, meaning it's, there's, no, there's no development of the cigar in I love terms you, of the flavor. Yeah. You know, so it's like, muddled the entire way through, but it's reasonably consistent. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it, it's actually perfectly yeah. described. It is yeah. an oxymoron. Yeah. It <laughs> is. Uh, but you know, to, I've been smoking right to the end, so it is definitely a smokable cigar, I guess. But uh, something I'm not going to pursue. Mm. So, what's your rating? It's a six. <laughs> That's important. Bam, bam. So, I've been at a mild recommend the very first time I had the cigar. I, I did think it was worthy to review it. Uh, because of its fame and how many people pursue the cigar. But I thought the first two-thirds for me were really enjoyable. The And then the fruit notes for me carried all the way through to that point. But then it did get a little bit bolder for me, just a little bit, but it did get muddled in that in that last third, which, I, you know, I've had that same experience the two previous times that I've had it. So I'm at a seven. Yeah, the beginning was definitely better. Yeah. yeah. I like the first two-thirds. It worked for me. All right, boys, the former Lizard rating on the Arturo Fuente Vintage 1960 Series Rare Pink in Signature is a 6.4, which is not great. Not a recommend. 
So let's compare that to some of the other Fuente we've done on the podcast. We'll start, unfortunately, for this cigar with the Don Carlos Eye of the Shark on episode 12, which was a 9.9. That's a holy grail cigar. Holy grail. (laughs) Not a good way to start for this cigar. The Opus X Perfection 888 Mm. on episode 31 got a 6.6, a little bit higher than this, actually. The Hemingway Short Story on episode 55 got a 7.0, and the identical cigar to this in the Hemingway line scored eight points higher on episode 39 at a 7.2. Okay. The other two I want to mention, because we talked about it a little bit, was the Ashton VSG, which Carlito blended for Ashton. On episode 51, we did The Illusion, which was a major hit at an 8.8. And on episode 97, we did The Torpedo at an 8.0. So this falls certainly at the weakest of all the Fuentes that we've done on the podcast at a 6.4, which is unfortunate. I I had high hopes for this tonight, Yeah, I did too. I really did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll say this. So I I felt the opposite. I actually did not have high expectations for the cigar coming in, but what's the most disappointing for me is having smoked it, this could have been a great cigar. Like the last third from a strength perspective is exactly kind of the medium full strength I'm looking for. But like everyone said, the flavor was just muddled. It just wasn't delivering what we wanted. So it's just a shame because I, I don't associate Fuente with medium full, like a almost Padron-like strength. That's true. But the last third had it, just the flavor was not there. To me, you know, it could have been a seven for me if the combustion was more consistent. Like yeah. that's really what took it from a, a soft recommend to an I'm not going to ever reach for this cigar again is the fact that when I have to fight a cigar, especially – a $12 Arturo Fuente cigar, that's the end of it for me. It's strange. I didn't have to relight mine at all. Yeah, I, I just had strange. real combustion issues the whole way through. Yeah. You know? We all did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did too. All right, boys. So the Brigal Extra Viejo scored a 10.0 tonight. And our cigar, the Arturo Fuente Vintage 1960 Series Rare Pink in Signature got a 6.4. <laughs> the rum was the star of the show. What a combo. And like you said, Senator, we need to find the domestic version of this mm-hmm. and rate that for the listener. Yeah. The one that you can find at, at the big box retailers. We need to do that so that we can see and, how it compares. And I'll say this. I'm optimistic. The reason I say that, there are a lot of rums in particular from the Caribbean that for many years, there was always kind of a tale of you have to get it there or you have to get it duty free. It's not the same in the States. And my experience has been that in recent years that that, for some rums, has changed where the version you get in the U.S. is the same that you get there. I mean, for instance, you know, we did Appleton Estate 12-year Jamaican rum. That was always the tale. You have to have it there. It's not the same here. And having had it here first and then having it in Jamaica when I was there last year, it was the same. And I think that, like, finally, they're distributing the same stuff and there's not this weird difference in what's happening i hope that's the case with this because the feedback i'm getting i know that that's from bottles that they've tried i'm sure 10 20 years ago sure i hope that's the case boys yeah all right great conversation tonight great rum mediocre cigar yes sir and we'll see everybody next week hope you enjoyed this episode thanks for joining us you can find our merch store and ratings archive at our brand new website loungelizardspod.com that's loungelizardspod.com. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, 
hello at loungelizardspod.com. You can also find us on Instagram at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.